0: Cul-de-sac by J. Smith. I love the rain, and this is a hard rain. It's a hard, cold November rain with sleet. Under my blankets, I can't see it, but I can hear a steady crackle of crystals, like rice across a marble table, as the wind blows them against the windows. Random, violent gusts drive the rain against the side of the building. We have no fire because fire attracts attention. We don't use our lights. The storm has blocked any light from the waning moon. Under three blankets with a warm body against mine, I feel fine. We've come to know that the rain is when we can sleep. Someone has to keep watch, of course. But we know that the rain hides our scent, washes away the trail the eaters follow. They may pick up a trace in the breeze, but it helps scatter the packs and disrupts herds. The rain is also a solvent. A good, hard rain seeps into their rotting clothes, into their bodies through their open, dead flesh, causing their legs to swell and throwing them off balance. It helps the mold grow and hastens the deterioration of the flesh. Rain is an ally, a friend to the few of us left. That's not to say the eaters aren't still a danger. They are dumb and slow, but they are relentless and hungry. A fellow traveler, Herb I think he's called, is up on the roof under a painter's tarp wrapped in coats and comforters. He screwed up on the road yesterday and almost got the three of us killed, so he's freezing his bubs off up there for his trouble. Weather like this lets a man think a little slower, takes you out of the moment. It's good for guys like Herb, who are so stuck in the moment they can't think at all. In some ways, I don't like it because I start to think about everything I lost, how different things are now than just six months back. Six months ago, I sold comprehensive insurance coverage to my neighbors. I was board secretary for my homeowners association and considering making a run for a seat on the county board of commissioners. I bowled every Thursday. Went to church every Sunday and coached the community youth softball team twice a week in the summer. I paid my taxes, supported the troops, threw a couple of bucks in every tin can shoved in my face outside the local Kmart, and did as I was told. My ex-wife's assessment aside, I was a nice guy. I had a big house I couldn't afford full of crap I didn't need. I had a nice car, a fishing boat, even a jet ski. I was nearly bankrupt, too. The economy was crap, so even if I wanted to unload my toys to pay my bills, it wasn't happening. My ex-wife wanted the same money every month from me, even though my income bricked when Manhattan went into a state of emergency. I just did like I was told. Then, when the dead started getting up off of medical exam tables and shambling out of alleyways, insurance companies were the first to turn rotten. I just handled the policies. I didn't make the calls about payouts. But when my friends and neighbors started getting rejections from their life insurance plans and their homeowner's insurance, I was suddenly the hatchet man. After all, it was my stupid smiling face on all the billboards and business cards and the one asking my friends and neighbors to put their trust in my company to protect them. I had to be the one to tell them that Granny Glenda wasn't really dead because there was video of her wandering around town in her birthday suit. Well, sure, someone had to put her down again for good, but that just complicates the whole time-slash-cause of death, which could have an impact on the settlement. So check back with me in a few weeks once corporate confirms the info with the hospital. What? The hospital shut down? Oh, burned down. Sorry. I'll have the adjusters look into it for you. See, if you had taken the blanket event coverage like I suggested, Bill, I'd be handing you a check right now. Yeah, yeah, I I know our kids played soccer together, but you signed the policy without the extra coverage, not me. Well, if that's how you feel about it, Bill. I don't have to worry about that anymore. In a way, things are better. For a start... I got my little bed warmer right here next to me. I found her guarding a box of canned spaghetti. She looks young, but I'm sure she's 18. Hell, everyone who's lived this long deserves an honorary adulthood badge. Her name is Gina, or Jenna. We don't talk much, but she's happy to be here. Happy to snuggle up tight against me under the blankets. I may not be the last man on earth, but I'm a better sack mate than Herb. We have a little rule in our family of three. Silence is consent. Gina is a quiet girl. Gina. Jenna. She still tenses up a bit when I touch her at night. I would too. But she loosens up a bit when I hand her my flask. The kid's got a taste for whiskey now. I was a good person all my life because that's how I was raised. I married the right partner, I built her a life she wanted, I bought her what she wanted, did what everyone else wanted me to do, and all it made me was a slave to the banks. Well, guess what? Eaters don't use money, eater wives don't want alimony, eater kids don't need support, and the zombie police can't put me in jail or spread rumors about me if I can't pay. All things being equal, I kind of like my new neighbors.' They took away all the pain in the world. Sometimes I think I can just open the door, walk out and give the first one I see a great big hug. Maybe a kiss too, swap some fluid so I can join in their little jamboree. Eaters don't question my motives and I don't have to question theirs. They moan what they mean and they mean what they moan. A lot of men out there aren't so straightforward about their intentions. I took a page from their book with Herb and Jenna, Um, Gina. I told them straight up what they mean in our little concern. Sometimes I get the feeling they aren't happy about all that. Sometimes I think they'll leave me the minute something better comes along. Just like my family. Just like the way it was. Well, the way it was is dead. Most of it. Bits and pieces still need to go gray and cold yet. I think I need some fresh air.